there's so many comedy shows at this station. We're actually under the free comedy section. Records, round, played, mixed. All for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Walker. Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black plastic. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Chester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastics deep in the mission where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for <laughs> is in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage in the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. (laughs) How exciting for you, Mutiny Radio listener. There are six new shows here at MutinyRadio.fm. Monday nights at 10 o'clock, it's time for free phone sex. 415-550-0511. Yes, call in for free phone sex. You will be recorded. It is a podcast, but will that phone sex be free? Absolutely. 10 a.m. Mondays, it's time for everyday conversations on race with everyday people. With Simma Lieberman, everyday people talking about race every week different everyday people talking about race on Tuesdays 10 o'clock it's spiritual psychology with Renee McKenna meditate it'll heal ya then at noon stick around Sergio Novoa brings you my limited view talking about all things from his perspective then on Thursdays from 8 to 10 It's time for Beyond Your Comprehension with Clem. Exciting new shows here at Mutiny Radio. Also the IC Podcast. That's the Imprint City Podcast coming soon. MutinyRadio.fm. New shows. You can have one too. Contact director at MutinyRadio.fm to find out more details. Check us out at mutinyradio.fm.
apply now for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2019. Applications open until November 30th for 25 shows in five days. 40 comics chosen March 1st through 5th. 2019 for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. It's our fourth annual, and we hope you apply from whatever part of the nation or international comedy scene you come from. Apply now through November 30th. Go to our website, www.mutinyradio.fm, for more details. Aloha, mutineers. Stolowitz here. People ask me, Dave, why do you spend so much time listening to mutinyradio.fm? Well, the answer's simple to me. It's the love I find here. We've got so many great programs here. There's something for everybody, surely. Well, maybe not the Hitler crew, but you know everyone else. Let me tell you about some of my favorite shows here at Mutiny you may not have heard about. Labor and Love with Bill Morgan is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Bill is passionate about labor, jazz, and solidarity, and he tells you how it is. No BS. If somebody gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. I always learn a lot from Labor and Love. It's educational and inspirational. The Common Thread Collective is every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. with legendary octogenarian hate ashbury activist Diamond Dave. With help from his friends, Dave talks news, wisdom, progressive activism, and spirituality. There's also open mic time for music, poetry, and stories. Comics gotta hold off till happy hour, though. Oh, and check out Flat Black Plastic with Scott Walker, Saturdays from noon to 2. The title says it all. Classic vinyl albums with no apologies. Great stuff. You can listen in live to these fine programs on mutinyradio.fm or download the podcast at your convenience on Apple iTunes. What a deal. Authentic, real San Francisco love. That's what keeps our ship afloat. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m.s at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. 
listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Thank you. 
All right. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. It's a beautiful Friday here in the Mission District. It is October 26th, 2018. We're at the end of the month. It's the last day, the last uh, show that I'm going to be doing here this week before those crazy elections next week. So just a good, uh, always good reminder to get out there and vote. Hey, maybe you think, oh, I've been putting it off and I, you know, purposefully missed the voting registration deadline because I don't know what to do. Ah, too bad. In California, you can now vote the day of. You can actually go to your local central polling place um, here in San Francisco. It's the Department of Elections, which is in the basement level of San Francisco City Hall, which is open to the public. Um, So you can go down there on election day and register to vote, fill out a provisional ballot and still share your voice. So, um, please be sure to do that as I am here every second and fourth Friday here at mutiny radio here in the mission district, sharing not just my voice, but hopefully amplifying, uh, the voices of change makers and leaders and, and artists and, uh, visionaries and activists. And, um, so I'm really excited. I'm really happy today to be joined by Sophia Perez. Hi, welcome to women's magazine here in Thanks San so Francisco. For having me. It's great uh, to be here. Absolutely. So, um, we are connected. Well, you, you host a, a podcast as well. I do. Yeah, it's called the Alternative Zero Project and I host it from Saipan, which is the island north of Guam in the Marianas Archipelago. So, we're we're connecting here around from around the world in the same little uh studio here in the Mission District. Mm-hmm. Um thankfully we were connected and introduced by a mutual friend, uh, Dr. Sylvia Frayne. She rules. She does. I love how she's a doctor of peace. Dude, she's like so badass though at the same time, like Kung Fu peace doctor status, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. She is a badass. Um, I love how she says doctor of peace and conflict, but emphasis on the peace. Um, because she, she did her PhD, uh, down in the university of Otago in Dunedin, New Zealand. Um, Mm -hmm. and her, her, her dissertation was about Guam. Right. Um, so, uh, she's been here on the show before, uh, the podcast from August 11th, 2017. If you go to mutinyradio.fm under our podcast archive for women's magazine, August 17th or August 11th, uh, t- 2017, she was in here talking about what we're going to be focusing on today, which is the alternative zero coalition and specifically the project that you're running as a podcast. So, um, Let's reintroduce this topic to our listeners um, as you are from Saipan and uh, what is the Alternative Zero Coalition and your project? Okay, so my project is uh, to follow and sort of just unpack the Alternative Zero Coalition, which is a group of activists that span across the Mariana Islands and include allies all over the world. But it's um, mostly... Marianas-based activists who are trying to defend the islands of Pagan and Tinian from some plans uh, that the U.S. Navy has to use them as training ranges, bombing ranges, basically completely destroy these indigenous homelands of these people. So these are um, so Tinian and Pagan are are two islands in this in this chain of islands considered the Marianas, right? Right, and and that's um, other than Guam. Guam has kind of a special separate status with mm-hmm. the U.S., but the Northern Mariana Islands are part of is a Commonwealth of the United States, right? So it kind of has this. It, kind of colonial relationship with the United States in a way. Um, and so what is the, so let's, let's talk about some of the specific plans that the U S Navy and the department of defense want to want to do to those, particularly those two islands. Right. Okay. So, uh, the, the way that Saipan and Tinian and all of the islands in the Northern Mariana islands joined the U S was they signed a treaty called the covenant, Uh, This was in, I think, 1978. And part of that treaty was agreeing to lease the northern two-thirds of Tinian to the U.S. Navy. And when they first decided to do that, 
the idea was that there would be at some point in the future a navy base built there, but it was like a like a recuperation base. Like families would be there. There would be a hospital, a bowling alley, all the stuff that Tinian, which is like forty square miles, like three thousand people right now, they don't have that. So they had the right now they have like a clinic and like it's like a physician's assistant that's like available there. And if anyone has anything serious, they need to like either be flown to Saipan or to Guam or even to San Diego. Hmm. So it was a very enticing idea. They figured they'd move everyone to the bottom third and they'd have this base and they would have like, you know, the economic boost of having that base and everything. They signed the treaty. Uh, the U.S. Navy does not build the base. They don't do anything. They just kind of kept the land and they allowed Tinian's residents to graze cattle up there, whatever. And then fast forward to... Well, I guess the CJMT was released in, I think, 2015, like the draft EIS. And they say, well, we'd like to take the northern two-thirds and turn it into a bombing range. Mm. So uh, they would be, like I said, dropping bombs. They would be uh, firing mortars. They'd be staging amphibious landings. These are things that, by the Navy's own records, will destroy coral reefs, uh, just like annihilate uh, fishing areas that the islanders use. And, uh, I mean, pollute the water, poison the soil. It's basically like a sure thing that, like, all of the uh, shells, for example, are, like, radioactive, right? So they're going to pollute the earth and make it so that, like, the crops on Tinian are, like, contaminated. The water is contaminated. People are going to be hearing bombs going off while they're trying to go to school. It's a 40-square-mile island, right? So you're going to hear it. You're going to smell it. It's going to basically ruin your life. So they want to do that, and then they want to uh, destroy Pagan, which is an ancestral homeland about 200 miles north of Saipan, which is the most populated and southernmost island. And on Pagan, Sa- Saipan is the most populated. Yeah, there's yeah. about 50,000 people there. Okay. Yeah. Tinian's like 3,000. Okay. And as you go further north, it gets like like there's literally 10 people living on Pagan. <laughs> it's kind of a trip. But it's an ancestral homeland, and there have been people living there in the past. And in mm-hmm. fact, uh, there was a volcanic eruption in the 80s that caused everyone to be evacuated. There was like a, a small village there. But um, but Chamorros have been there for, which is the indigenous people of the Marianas. And there's also the Carolinians. Sorry, this is so much to unpack. But anyway, Chamorros have been there for 4,000 years. There's, like, ancient burial grounds. There's Lati sites, which is, like, their ancient uh, houses that are built on these giant stones that they carved. Like, mm. There's heritage there. And uh, what the military would do would basically just desecrate the whole place. Like, they would be dropping 1,000-pound bombs. They'd be dropping, I think it's something, it's, like, thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands of bombs on Pagan. And just, you know, like, shooting at it from ships. Just, like, all of this crazy war game type stuff right they're, mm-hmm. they're, it's like a target practice exactly right so yeah war mm-hmm. games target practice um and and can you describe i mean so we're here in san francisco um you're talking about how tinian itself is 40 square miles san francisco mm-hmm. itself is 49 square miles mm-hmm. so i think that can give people out there kind of a a, you know, compare relative understanding of the size, the size of San Francisco, a little bit smaller, which mm-hmm. by the way, folks, San Francisco is a small city, despite what those big towers downtown uh, <laughs> may, may advertise. But <clears throat> being that we're in a city, take, take us out of the city. Tell us what these places are like. Okay. So I'm lucky enough to have been to Pagan. A lot of people in the Northern Mariana Islands have never been. It's very hard to get up there. 200 miles just in the open ocean. And uh, and then once you get there, there's no power. There's no... Uh, you know, there's actually a fiber optic cable that goes to Pagan that the hmm. military set up inexplicably. They're always doing shifty stuff up there. So I think it actually might have Wi-Fi. <laughs> the only <laughs> abandoned island with Wi-Fi in the whole Pacific. But um, they have black sand beaches because there's volcano. There's a couple. Uh, there's one active volcano, and then there's an, I think a dormant one on the other side of the island. It's about ten miles long, uh, so it's black sand. And then there's like Japanese like sword grass everywhere because the Japanese used to have like a copra plantation there. And then uh, from the old village, there's like all of these like 
feral ungulids they're called just like hoofed animals like uh like there's cows and there's um there's wild boar from like pig farmers there's wild goats uh there's mango trees coconut trees like i guess my point is like the navy will say like it's fine to blow up pagan because it's uninhabitable when really it's like a natural like paradise (laughs) it's like an oasis yeah food everywhere absolutely gorgeous i mean you have to be careful. There's like poisonous centipedes and stuff, but like there's literally a pod of dolphins that just like circles the island feeding. And you'll be like, oh, there they are again, you know, like with wow. little babies and stuff. It's like, it's idyllic. It's amazing up there. Yeah. So, so, we're, so we're looking at, well, we're looking at the modern world here of, um, the the military industrial complex in 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 full flex mode um, trying to um, kind of exert their their will upon the people who who still live on Pagan and the and the people who are currently living on Tinian Mm -hmm. um, which is a larger population right Um, for for live firing practice um, yeah I mean again the 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 trauma alone of living next to a life i mean having that what i can't even imagine like what a thousand pound bomb would look like sound like or um and and with tinian you know what are they going to be dropping these things into the into the volcanoes you know i mean (laughs) this it's it just seems you know like like really dangerous play um so I, I, so, so this plan, uh, this joint military action plan, came out in 2015. Mm-hmm. The uh, Alternative Zero Coalition formed mm-hmm. um, with a few different, but a few different groups got together. Right. Um, and you're now doing a podcast, the Alternative Zero Project. So, how did mm-hmm. you get started doing that? Well, so my uncle Pete, my father's brother. So I am a quarter Saipanese. I grew up in this area, actually, in the Bay. But my uncle Pete, who is half Chamorro, uh, moved back to Saipan to start uh, doing this. Like, there's like a indigenous uh, boat building and seafaring revival going on right now, and he had these like old plans of like like basically when the missionaries came to the Marianas, they found all of these boats that like the the indigenous people were using the Chamorros, and they're like these little sailing boats, and they. If, like, what the missionary said was true, they would have been the fastest boats of that time. Mm. Yeah, they're, like, little boats with outriggers, and, like, they're, like, all sail. So they just fly, you know? They, like, they were called the flying proas. And so my uncle found, like, this drawing that, like, a missionary did of all the different parts. And he was like, I'm going to start building these again. We're going to bring seafaring back to the Chamorro people. Because the Spanish forced them to stop when they colonized. Mm. And then they lost, kind of, a lot of the art. So he went back there, and then he started learning about what they wanted to do at Pagan, and then he had already tried to uh, to defend Pagan from like these people that were trying to turn the whole island into cement mix. Like that island has been through some absurd like like troubles. <laughs> it seems like it would be this like island oasis, but everyone's always trying to turn it into something or destroy it for some reason. It's kind of hilarious, but. Um, so he got involved and he started Pagan Watch with his friend Sinta Kaipat, who grew up on Pagan. And uh, and so I moved out there to help with the boat building. And I started learning about all this Pagan stuff and all this Tinian stuff. And it's just like struck me as like just clearly unethical what the Navy was doing. Like most situations aren't black and white. This one's kind of black and white, you know, to me at least. Like how can you justify blowing up a bunch of people's islands? It doesn't belong to you and you don't need to do it you know right right so um so i started meeting all the people that my uncle has worked with in trying to defend these islands and like you said there's a bunch of different organizations involved there's uh the tinian women association there's guardians of ghani ghani is the chamorro word for the northern islands Mm -hmm. um there's a center for biological diversity which is right here in san francisco um, I don't know if they would call themselves part of the coalition, but they're certainly allies. There's like a lot of different activist groups in the Marianas. They're actually very politically active people, uh, the Chamorros and the Carolinians. But uh, yeah, so I just started going and talking to everyone because what's crazy is that they have been able to stall the military's plans for, for three years now. And these are like, like I said, there's 50,000 people in Saipan. There's maybe 55,000 people in the Northern Mariana Islands, something around there altogether. 
and there's not a lot of money. The education that's available on the islands, it's not great, especially compared to the mainland. A lot of people come to the mainland and never come back, you know? And still, up against these crazy odds, they've been um, holding the line. So I just kind of wanted to talk to people about how they got the nerve to do it, how they stay sane fighting a, a losing battle, honestly, and uh, and just how they did it, you know? So that was my podcast goal. So how how are they doing it? Because I mean, we um, yeah, how are they doing it? <laughs> That's because because I, I, I think when we were talking about this this you know this joint military training operation plan that came out in 2015 um, that they want to do on this these parts of the islands that they have that the u.s government has some sort of claim to but didn't Mm -hmm. has not actually adhered to what their promises were initially Mm -hmm. in that covenant so um what is holding what is holding the navy back and then what role are the people playing in kind of staving them off Mm -hmm. so um it's kind of like a three-pronged attack i would say they've got like First, they had to, uh, the Alternative Zero Coalition had to get the people educated on what the Navy's plans were. So the only reason they even knew what the Navy was trying to do is because something called the National Environmental Policy Act. And so that means like a federal, uh, any federal agency, if they're going to do something that's like an executive action that's going to affect people in like a certain area, they need to tell those people what that's going to be. Okay. They're obliged to do that. And the the national or the it's called NEPA. So NEPA doesn't actually tell the government what it has to do. It like it can say we're going to poison all your babies and uh, and the people can be like please don't poison all my babies. And then they can be like well we already told you. So we're good NEPA wise. Like NEPA just says you have to tell them. Wow, you just yeah. have to like give notice. Yeah, and it that's not to say there's no other way of like combating it, but yeah. the point is that the democratic process is like sustained in that at least the people know what's happening. Uh-huh. So, huh. yeah, so that's like cuz then they then they go to their political leaders or they protest or whatever. So, when the Navy uh, brought up that they were going to be doing this to Tinian and Poggin, they were kind of sketchy about it. First of all, oh, there's, so many, there's so many ways to start, but basically they, they tell people through these like community hearing type things, like public hearings, yeah. but no one ever goes to these public hearings. Yeah. They're not really announced. Okay. And then when they, when, they, when they disclose the information, it'll be like a... Th- like, thousands and thousands of page long document in super technical like language. And so uh, it's not easy to actually understand what they want to do. So luckily a few people were watching saw the implications of what's called the CJMT, just the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Island Islands Joint Military Training Plan, which is not clear what they're doing at all, even in the title, right? If they just said the plans to bomb Tinian and Poggin thing, it would be a completely different response. But they make everything really complicated and hard to understand. Yeah. So the first thing they had to do was tell everyone what they were going to do. And that was done through the radio, that was done through the newspaper, and that was done through people deciding to sit down and read like 3,000 pages of technical writing that's meant to sort of confuse you and has confused lawyers. And, you know, like it's not even an education thing. It's just confusing stuff and then tell everyone they're gonna bomb the islands. Once the community learned that, the next step was to convince their political representatives to care. So what they did is they had uh, they had these like big, I guess what they started with was they had like these big um, letter writing campaigns. And once the politicians realized that like they weren't gonna get reelected unless they fought this, then things really started to change because the NEPA process has all these like weird little loopholes that uh, they were able to navigate, like the indigenous people. I think the Navy kind of underestimated them and thought they were stupid, but like they like kind of put on their lawyer hats and they were like, how do we like use this process to our betterment? Mm-hmm. So what the Navy did is they put out a draft environmental impact statement. Then they have to have public hearings and people ask questions and then Based on like those questions, like all of those questions have to be addressed in the final environmental impact statement. So what the islanders figured out 
is if they ask like a million questions, it'll take them forever to write their final environmental impact statement. So they put out these petitions and stuff, and like everyone just kept sending in like any question they could think of, like what will happen if the pozzolanic dust gets like, uh, I don't know, like pushed into the air by the bombing, and that's cancerous. Like just ran whatever they can think of. They ended up putting in like thirty thousand questions. Wow. Yeah, and like I said, there's like fifty five thousand people inside in like the whole place. You know. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean that I mean that just shows so much about like the spirit of people and like and like how how important it is to to stand up to these large forces that are basically outside forces called a com- I mean a commonwealth of the United States you know whatever that may mean to mm-hmm. to, to anyone's you know heart um mm. but uh I mean but but actually on that note um the last time I was talking about this topic with with Dr. Sill Mm-hmm. Dr. Peace, um, <laughs> you know, one of the points that we that she made were that you know I think a lot of the time when there's a sense of when there's a story about activism mm-hmm. that there's a lot of people who who just think well this is some sort of radical action this is some, these are some people who hate the United States um, you know I mean they even call you know patriotic peaceful people walking in the streets here you know like mm-hmm. oh you must just hate your country you know i mean mm-hmm. there's a there's the, a lot of like black and white you know kind of like being cast cast on on people who who stand up but this is actually um you know people who who are part of the united states um being you know just exercising the freedom of speech uh standing up to these larger um, entities like the u.s navy and the department of justice um yeah they're exercising their rights as american citizens right yeah they're being it's about as american as it gets what they're doing i would say and they're also very patriotic there you know they're proud to be american and they also are super supportive of the military and the enlistment rates in the marianas are like sky high like right. I think one of the highest places in the world is in Guam, actually, of military enlistment for yeah. the U.S. Yeah, there's so many. Yeah, people who actually are have been in the U.S. military from mm-hmm. that part of the world, um, and I think about the trauma that it must cause. Like, for example, if if they're going to be doing all of this bombing in Tinian, mm-hmm. if 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 you have veterans who are living in Tinian and then have to live next to live bombing every day, mm-hmm. I mean, how much PTSD is that going to be triggering and also causing to people who live there who weren't in the military? And yeah. um, it seems really like, you know, just a, kind of a slap in the face from from the military to its veterans in that regard. Yeah, there's a total element of betrayal there. And also just to speak to the PTSD thing, there's a lot of World War II survivors on Tinian. Mm. And the people that were in the Marianas during World War II were bombed. So they, when they hear bombs, like there's this one story, I forget whose auntie it was, but it was like this woman with dementia that like she's at the stage where she kind of just sits there Mm -hmm. and like a bomb went off near her and this was in Tinian and she like got up and like thought it was World War II and was like freaking out, you know? So it's like. That's just one story of like trauma that's that would be enacted by this, you know. But it goes deep because the 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 military. Correct me if I'm wrong. They they already are doing this type of of uh, firing uh, live fire testing and things and and practice target practice and things kind of offshore a lot of the time too yeah they already have like 30 million acres of land available to them for training Mm. so it's not even as if like oh we ran out of islands to bomb in fact they already have a bomb in or an island in the marianas that they bomb it's called fdm fairland de medinitsa and that thing is just like Broken, you know, it's basically just grass now. There's yeah. nothing there. It used to be that like migratory birds would nest there, and you know, it was just part of like an island wide ecosystem, and now it's just destroyed. But they could just keep bombing that. I mean, they got that in the covenant, mm-hmm. but the covenant didn't say they could bomb Tinian, it didn't say they could bomb Pagan, right? And anything that uh, they take, any land they take in the Marianas, the covenant says you need to be able to return it in the same way that you found it. And uh, the military has had the audacity to claim to the people of the Marianas, like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Like, we're going to bomb 
we're gonna like drop thousands of bombs on Poggin, and then we're gonna give it back to you the way it was. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, it's like really they're very. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's racist. It's like it's crazy racist that they would think that the people, the Marianas, wouldn't be able to see through it. You know, a lot of them. I was talking to one lady, uh, Rosamond Santos. She's one of the founding members of the Guardians of Ghani, and she was saying, "I think that they think that we wear grass skirts and live in huts, mm. based on how they're treating us. Mm. Like because they were to- they told her." They were saying in Tinian, they were like, the land you're going to take, it's going to disrupt this fishing ground that like everybody uses. And they said, don't worry, we'll move the fish. We'll move the fish to where you can access them. And everyone's just like, I'm trying to come here with an open mind, you know? Yeah. They're willing to talk to the Navy, you know? Like I said, they're patriotic. And they're like, I just can't even listen to this. Yeah. This is insanity. Yeah. We'll there. just move the fish. Yeah, we'll move the fish. Fine. <laughs> it's not how the fish that are works. over there, like in nature, off offshore. Yeah. There, we'll just move them. Yeah, we'll It'll take okay. the natural resources that you guys use, and we'll pick them up and put them somewhere else. You know, like <laughs> it's insulting. It's it is super insulting. insulting. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's <laughs> it's a, not only is that like it's ridiculous and impossible <laughs> and all of that but it's just a bold face lie mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah just pure yeah yeah it demonstrates that it's not as if the navy is acting in good faith here mm. you know it's like it's not like these two reasonable sides that are trying to find like a uh you know a middle ground that works it's like they're really just trying to ram through this stuff that is totally illegal mm-hmm. and so that's actually the third prong of uh, the defense, right? So there was getting the community, there was getting the leaders involved, and then there's like the legal aspect. And I, I mentioned NEPA, right? So the Navy has to make clear what their plans are. And if like, there's like this whole idea of like, okay, what, what constitutes one particular plan and one unrelated plan? Hmm. You need to make an environmental impact statement for a plan in its entirety. So this goes back like a decade now, right? But like the Navy was really poorly behaved in Okinawa kind of always has been and uh, after the like gang rape of a 12 year old girl by like Okinawan based US Marines yeah in Japan yeah uh, the Okinawans like started to protest and they still protest to this day they really don't like the military presence there so some like US diplomat was like okay we'll move a bunch of our troops from Okinawa to Guam they made that decision without deciding on the environmental impact or whatever they were like we're just going to push this forward Mm -hmm. so the reason that we need these training ranges or the navy believes it needs these training ranges in the northern islands is because the marines are coming from okinawa to guam and they need a place nearby to train but when they made the environmental impact statement to move the marines from okinawa to guam they didn't mention the need to train them Mm. so that's sketchy what they did is they like took a whole plan that was going to be have like severe implications for the people of the Marianas and they cut it into little pieces so that nobody really knew what was going on. Yeah. So everyone started fighting it 10 years down the line instead of right when the plan was first introduced. So the legal aspect of the fight is holding the military accountable for that. Unfortunately, I mean there's been a lot of huge things that came like to the Islanders help like the fact that they have a Earth Justice Attorney David Henkin on their side, he rules. He's awesome. He's like super hardworking and like totally prepared. And he came to Northern Mariana Islands District Court to like fight the Navy on this. This was back in September and he lost. And everyone was like, how did you lose in Northern Mariana Islands Court? You know, but they lost. And so now they're appealing it. Um, And, uh, it's going to be heard, if it's heard, it'll be heard in the Ninth Circuit here in San Francisco. So we'll find out about that. Uh, I think it's like December 19th or something. So that that case is about the failure to provide the um, impact report for the whole plan of moving the, the Marines, Marines yeah. from Okinawa, Japan to Guam. Right. Because they piecemealed it. Right. So that's the part that's that's kind of going through the court system right now. Yeah. And the other the other way that they are arguing that the Navy kind of violated its um, its requirements for the environmental impact statement process 
is that they need to look at viable alternatives for like, could they move the Marines to California? Could they move the Marines to Australia? You know, and every single alternative that was listed in like their environmental impact statement still had the Marines going to Guam. So um, the Alternative Zero Coalition says that's a major oversight. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm. This is one of those weird cases where it's like there's so much bad and so much good right at the same time. It's like kind of yin and yang. Mm-hmm. And 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 one of the ways that we were talking about it earlier is it is kind of is a David and Goliath. Yeah. Um, because obviously the the resources that are available to the Department of Justice and to the U.S. Navy are just kind of immeasurable at this point. You know, the the um, the 2019 U.S. National Defense Authorization Act, which is basically like the, the authoriz- authorized budget for uh, military and defense for 2019, is $717 billion. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I wrote a poem about it recently. I performed it and just like, guys, we got to, you know, we got to change this, you know, excess giving to what is an, an aggressive, you know, industry. We'll call it, we'll even be, be polite and call it just an industry. But um, yeah, it's like you said, it's like the, the industrial complex or whatever. I mean, there's so many things that have been pointed out about training the Marines in the Marianas that doesn't make sense. Like mm-hmm. one why are we training Marines for like a tropical climate war? You know what I mean? Like even that doesn't make sense. Like two, like how many bombs do you really need to drop? And like, haven't they been trained in other places? Like, do they really need this particular training? Yeah. Do they need to be moved to Guam? There's so much going on where it just makes me think like, basically if these weapons aren't used, if these troops aren't deployed, if like whatever, all of the like, bureaucratic jobs that like that like come into play to make this happen if that stuff doesn't happen then the budget doesn't get used and then they're not going to be able to keep their money right like someone's not going to make money unless all these bombs are blown up so they can make more bombs like to oversimplify it you know and that seems Mm -hmm. to be kind of what's happening yeah well it's good to simplify it though i mean because that's i think the the more stark um we can we can you know put that put out that message um i think the easier it's going to get in terms of pushing back and looking towards new ways of you know making the you know running the world or like you know like it, yeah it needs lo- to be digestible for people yeah yeah um speaking of of digesting a, a, a little bit more about the Relationship, the political relationship between uh, the Northern Marianas as a U.S. Commonwealth um, mm-hmm. and the U.S. government. So, what kind of um, what does that relationship look like? Because you you're talking about you have um, you have government, but it's local government, and what is their relationship with the mainland government of sorts? You know, in so many ways, that relationship is under constant negotiation. I would say, you know, um, so. As a commonwealth, they're part of the U.S. family, but they're not a state, but they're not an unincorporated territory like Guam. Mm -hmm. So Guam has, like, no power. Like, their government is basically just tolerated. And if the U.S. government wants to do anything on Guam, there's nothing set in place to balance out, like, federal power versus local government power. There's just only federal power. The covenant has certain... um, like, it ha- it's like the covenant is like a, the glue between the Marianas Constitution, the Northern Mariana Islands Constitution, and the U.S. Constitution. And it's supposed to be bilateral. So they both have to decide that they're okay with it for it to continue going forward. And in that regard, there's some power. But, like, for example, uh, like the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands has like a non voting delegate in Congress. So it's like a lot of federal laws are made without any real input from the territories, but then they're applied to the territories, and it's often a pretty bad fit because the territories are a very unique place, and they have their own needs. So, for example, uh, the U.S. just took over, like, the immigration plan, like, the, the way immigration works in the CNMI, 
And so that's really hard for the CNMI because it's like extremely bolstered by foreign labor. There's like lots of Filipino and Chinese people there working. And uh, that's just kind of how they need it to be right now. There's, there's not enough people to work because so many people, like if you're an American citizen, which you are if you were born in the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands, you tend to leave. Hmm. Not a good economy there. Okay. So there's no one to work in the hotels. And for there to be any industry, it makes sense to have contract workers that come from other places. But that whole system has been, and while it has its issues, it's necessary right now, it's been completely jeopardized by federal immigration laws. So that's an example of like the CNMI getting screwed over, kind of. But they'll never be as screwed over as Guam. Guam, it's like, like the CNMI could say no to the Navy. And that's what the governor did. He said, you can't take these Northern Islands. I'm not going to cooperate. And in fact, don't even talk to me about it. I want to hold this subject in abeyance. We're done talking about it. But what they can, what they then have to do, the federal government, is they have to get it sanctioned by Congress that they're going to seize the land under uh, eminent domain. In Guam, they can say no, it doesn't matter. Like, the Navy will just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. Yeah. And and Guam, I think when when the US um came came away with with Guam as mm-hmm. a a territory, right? Mhm. Um it was actually I think kind of internationally assumed or negotiated or agreed upon in some some regard that the US was actually supposed to help Guam become independent again or yeah i mean that was like basically what the un like came together for right like was to like foster like the independence of all of these like once colonized island nations in particular and all over the world in africa too and stuff but um the u.s was put in charge of like the pacific trust territories and um they kind of from what i've read it seems like they tested the water with just taking them the way like they had Guam as an unincorporated territory, but then the islanders stood up to that. And once like they got more uh, attention, like there were like hunger strikes and whatnot, uh, people started saying like mainlanders were like, "We can't just have colonies. What are you talking about? Like mm. post World War II, like we just decided to stop doing this." <laughs> right. But Guam right. slipped through the cracks. Hmm. Oh, Guam. Poor Guam and American Samoa. Yes, American Mm -hmm. Samoa. Well, we want to send our love out to everybody around the world, whether you're living in a city or on a a beautiful island somewhere in the Mm -hmm. Pacific. Um, um, You know, we all need to come together and and help each other out. I know that Saipan just had that huge typhoon. Oh, yeah. Typhoon U2. Super typhoon U2. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I I'd like to put out there that we could use some of those excessive resources that are that are um, geared towards military def- and defense budgets um, to really try to help people around the world, especially people of the Marianas that are part of the United States, the U.S. citizens, um, you know, to to help uh, recover from uh, and deal with these these super storms that are coming. And um, we could just really use our resources in a lot more constructive and uh, constructive way. Yeah, and directly helpful to the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Sophia, so... Um, so your podcast, tell people how they can tune into to the Alternative Zero project. Yeah, uh, so you can find it on like basically any podcast provider. And then it's also on SoundCloud. And uh, it might be on Amazon Music, too. I kind of forget. <laughs> Understood. Yeah, we're somewhere on iTunes, too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Women's Magazine is under the Mutiny Radio banner on iTunes. We're, under a, free, we're a free podcast there. Mm-hmm. What's funny is, um, <laughs> speak similarly, mm-hmm. um, there was another um, DJ from the station who went through and very generously, very kindly put all of our shows on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Um, but because there's so many comedy shows at the station, mm-hmm. um, I think the show is like in the comedy section. So, I mean, we, I have fun, but but uh, it's certainly not we're not here cracking jokes. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but we do like to create some smiles. Um, mm-hmm. So also, um, if people want to get more information or get involved in this um, supporting the the peoples of the Northern Marianas against this joint military action, uh, wh- how would you um, 
guide them to do so? Well, right now, I would say that our legal defense is like one of our strongest uh, ways of like holding the military back, at least for the time being, because until this lawsuit is figured out, they're not moving forward with the plans. Mm -hmm. So we're lucky enough to have free uh, legal representation from Earth Justice, but the associated fees like flying our lawyer around or like just things like that. Uh, the islanders need to cover on their own. So if they want to, if anybody wants to donate to like helping with those additional fees, they can go on jamoro.com and they can, uh, there should be like a PayPal thing where you can like donate to Pog and Watch or the Alternative Zero Coalition. All right. Well, we're definitely going to keep, yeah, alter, yeah. Find, find a, a lot of these resources. You'll be able to find them at the, um, the Alternative Zero Coalition, and you can find it on Facebook. And mm-hmm. um, it's a really powerful icon or logo too, where it's like a it, the bomb, and then just a big red like cross no through it. Like <laughs> no bombs, don't just bomb don't Pagan. Bomb. See, it's so obvious. Pagan. Like, of course you like <laughs> just don't bomb something. You know, it's so easy. Just don't destroy it. You know, I just it drives me nuts. <laughs> Me too. That's why we're talking about it because it's important and we can make a difference with our voices. And a lot of it comes from the education. You were saying like, you know, Mm -hmm. the first step of trying to fight against this military action, joint military action plan was just to educate people and let people know what's happening um, so that you can submit those 30,000 questions and, and and hold off uh, the U S Navy with your questions. That that's the best defense I've, I've heard of in a long time. (laughs) Um, So, um, Sophia Perez, thank you so much for coming in here today. Just wanted to know you're welcome anytime. Um, we should keep this conversation going um, as we, uh, we as you know, DJs, uh, women from around the world caring and, mm-hmm. and agreeing that why would you want to drop a bomb on anything? Um, <laughs> <laughs> keep the peace and, um, and keep, keep pushing for it. So thank you so much for opening your platform for this also, because, uh, historically with these Island issues, when people from the mainland find out, like they have a moral compass. They think that this is wrong, you know, and especially when it's such an obviously like exploitive and unfair problem. All we need to do is tell people. And then a lot of times that can be enough. That's actually what helped people get Vieques back in Puerto Rico, which they were bombing and the people wanted to go back. So thank you so much for opening your platform. It's really how these things are done. So I really appreciate it. Right on. Well, we're getting the word out for sure. So uh, as uh, our friend Diamond Dave likes to say, to be continued. Um, So you have been listening to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val here with Sophia Perez. Um, Check out her podcast, The Alternative Zero Project. Uh, Tune in to what's going on um, out there in the Northern Mariana Islands. Look it up. Um, (laughs) And uh, just remember... Just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like, I think we're going to hold off the U.S. Navy by submitting 30,000 questions and making them answer every single one of them. Hey, <laughs> inspiration is contagious, so keep working it. Peace, and thank you. Stay tuned. <laughs>